1190 Pembroke Street, Bridgeport, Connecticut. You're probably not familiar with that address, but it's an address located on the east side of Bridgeport. It's a four-level multi-family dwelling, and it towers higher than anything on the block. It's the tallest structure on the block. It's majestic, even from its height alone. Presently, it's the current address of Pivot Ministries Reentry Program. That's the program where the men who've completed Pivot move in to reside for independent living. These are the men who have completed the program. They've come from death into new life, and they now reside at 1190 Pembroke Street. It's a house filled with spirit. It's a house filled with love. But prior to Pivot acquiring this building, it had been abandoned for 25 years. And during that time, this magnificent building had become a place of death and darkness. That's it. Wow. Death and darkness. It had become the local neighborhood drug haven. Squatters had taken over the building. It was the depot for drug sales and drug use, the shooting gallery for heroin, the smoke factory for cocaine, and the illegal dispensary for pills. 24 hours a day, it was like a busy transfer station, almost like Grand Central Station in the city. People in, out, people in and out all day and all night. The people are up and down those stairs like a busy escalator in a mall. Death and darkness. The building had become an eyesore in the community and was considered a public nuisance. But about four years ago, Pivot came in need of additional space for housing. So we considered the possibility of acquiring this house. We arranged to have a tour, and what we saw inside was beyond anything you could imagine. There was drug paraphernalia everywhere. There was a sea of syringes and needles, trash and waste on every floor, human excrement all throughout the building. It was rather disgusting. But after we were looking at, after we looked at the building, the leadership of Pivot went into prayer immediately. We prayed to ask God for guidance. We prayed to ask God, how should we move? And after some time in prayer, we heard from God. We were led to rebuild in this building. We were led to rebuild this space. So we submitted a contract on the house. And God spoke again as loudly as God speaks, confirming his direction for us. The city approved the contract, Amen. awarded Pivot the house, get this, mind you, for the total cost of, wait for it, one dollar. And if that wasn't enough, the bank that held the foreclosure note gave Pivot an additional $20,000 to begin to rebuild it. Amen. Come on, sir! Glory! Glory! 
But you know, when I think about this building and the journey it's been on, when I think about this Pembroke House, it's a picture of our souls and what sin can do to our souls. Death, <laughs> abandonment. But oh, when we turn to God. Oh, when we turn to God. One day there's death and abandonment. The next day there's life abundant. Saints, when we turn back to God, we can rebuild. Amen. Amen. We can rebuild. You may be here tonight, broken, lost, hurting, downcast, but you too can rebuild. And tonight in our text, Ezra shows us three principles to rebuild. Three principles by which to rebuild. Preparation, foundation, and transformation. Amen. And tonight I believe Jesus wants to take what's broken in all of our lives and give us permission to rebuild. The first principle of rebuilding is preparation. Preparation is vital to any rebuilding, and it's also vital to rebuilding our souls. I just want to give you some quick context. In the earlier verses of chapter 3 in Ezra, we see another rebuilding. It's the reconstruction of God's temple in Jerusalem. The Israelites are returning, from, are returning to Jerusalem from Babylon, after 70 years of captivity, King Cyrus of Persia has just released them and given them permission to go back to Jerusalem to build the temple of their God. But prior to beginning any construction, the Israelites set up an altar to God. They understood the first principle of rebuilding, preparation. Their first step to rebuilding wasn't to build, it was to turn back to God. The person who made it all possible to turn back to the one who mattered the most. Their priority was to honor God first. So they set up an altar to God before any building. And likewise, saints, in order for us to rebuild, the altars of our hearts must be centered on the things of God. They must be centered on God. He must be the center of everything. He must be the center of our worship. He must be the center of our praise. He must be the center of our work. Amen. He must be the center of the things we possess. <clears throat> Even the center of our everyday circumstances. Amen. When Pivot was looking to acquire the building, we turned to God first. Mm -hmm. Immediately, we went into prayer. Now, I can tell you about the floor plans we drew up and the contractors and the architects and the plumbers and the electricians, but that would miss the entire point of true preparation. When we got the call to build, we didn't just rebuild. Like the Israelites, we set up an altar. We set up an altar of prayer that allowed us to center our hearts on God's mission for this house. And it's prayer that will help you and I prepare to rebuild our souls. Rebuilding cannot occur without adequate 
So once we've completed the preparation phase, <coughs> then it's time to realize the vision and to build. But where do we start? We see in Ezra the early stages of rebuilding involve laying a foundation. <coughs> laying a foundation is our second principle of rebuilding. Read with me along, read along with me verses 10 and 11. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord, according to the directions of King David, of David king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to God, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever for Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Mm -hmm. So after months of preparation, we now see the people of Israel lay the foundation of the temple of the Lord. They lay the foundation, but what happens next? There's a mighty celebration. They begin to worship. That's how important the foundation is. The people gather to celebrate and to rejoice. It was cause for great celebration. I think we can all agree that a foundation is vital to anything that we rebuild. I go back again to the Pembroke House. After we acquired the building, the first thing we did was assess the foundation. We found it was a strong and solid foundation. We knew that with a strong and solid foundation, there now was an opportunity to build upon it. Saints rebuilding our lives is no exception. In order to rebuild our lives, we must have a solid foundation. And saints, our solid foundation is in worship to God. Without proper worship, we risk the entire structure of our lives collapsing. In our passage, the Israelites lay a, they lay a physical foundation. But even more importantly, in the text we hear how they lay a foundation of worship. They lay a foundation of praise. Their worship acknowledged that it was God who made all of this possible. In the text they sing, For he is good, his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. For he is good, his steadfast loves endures forever towards Israel. Saints, that's our song today. Proclaim it with me. Come on. For he, he is, is good. good. His steadfast, steadfast love endures forever for Israel. For he is good. He is the chief cornerstone. He is our firm foundation. We are called to give him praise. We are called to give him worship. In order to rebuild our lives, we must secure our lives in Christ Jesus. So we've seen that through preparation and establishing the foundation, the Israelites are on their way to rebuilding the physical temple. With everything in place, the final principle is transformation. Saints, transformation is simply accepting God's grace for future change. This allows us to become free from the past and to look forward to what God is doing in the future. 
Third principle, transformation. Let's look at verses 12 and 13. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, that's the temple of Solomon, went with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shouts from the sound of the people weeping. For the people shouted with great shout, and the sound was heard far away. So in this passage, we see the older priests weeping as they looked at the new construction. And we see the younger priests, the other onlookers, they're praising God. The older priests are weeping. The younger priests are rejoicing. Why this mixed response? The older priests remembered the glory and the grandeur of the first temple, the Temple of Solomon. They knew that this new temple would never meet the glory and splendor of Solomon's temple. Essentially, they were mourning the past. They were mourning the love, what they lost. But even as they mourned, this hope in front of them brings them to tears of repentance. Transformation saint cause transformation saints causes us to do that. Often as we look at what God is rebuilding in our lives, we reflect on the past. Sometimes we even envy the past. God is doing a new thing in our lives and we're focused on what was. And then we fail to fully experience the newness of what God is doing. Mourning the past. But in contrast, the younger priests, they were simply rejoicing. They rejoiced because they'd never known the past. They'd never known the old temple. They had no idea what the Israelites had lost because of their disobedience to God. They were simply in awe of God's grace and God's blessing and what he was building right in front of them. Both the weeping priests and the rejoicing priests, they're experiencing responses that comes from God's transforming grace. Neither group is wrong in their response. Neither group is wrong in their response in the presence of God. Saints, when we wrap our heads around the significance of God's mercy on us in Christ, we ought to be brought to tears of rejoicing or to tears of repentance. This is true as long as we don't let the former afflictions drown out the sense of the present mercies. Regardless of the direction. God's transforming grace brings about this response. I see it every day at Pivot. A guy comes in and at first he's feeling sad when he remembers all the good life. He remembers how good life was. He remembers all the things he's lost. But then I'll see him rejoice in the new thing that God's doing in his life. This is God's transforming grace. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've said, no matter the places you've been, 
God's transforming grace through Jesus Christ can redeem anything. And saints, when the altars of our hearts are centered on God, and we have Jesus Christ as our firm foundation, we too can rebuild. We have received an everlasting hope of salvation through Jesus Christ. You might say we've all received building permits. We've all received building permits to rebuild. And you can start rebuilding tonight. You can start rebuilding tonight. The third Thursday of every month, I, I host a Pivot Board of Directors dinner. I invite friends and I invite supporters to the campus to break bread together and more important to showcase the campus and all the rebuilding that has taken place. The Pembroke House. The Pembroke House is one of those many blessings. <clears throat> From old to new. It stands majestically once again. It's evidence of God's transforming grace. <coughs> even in a space as challenging as the east side of Bridgeport, the Pembroke House continues to operate in and continues to be centered on the things of God. It was preparation. It was laying a foundation. It was God's transforming grace that brought death to life. Amen. The same is for our souls, say turning our hearts back to God, laying a foundation of worship, praising and worshiping Jesus Christ, and more importantly, receiving his transforming grace, releasing the past. Scripture says, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old is past. Behold, the new has come. Amen. Saints, the good news is that you can rebuild. You can rebuild. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we just glorify you tonight. We thank you for your transforming grace. We thank you for bringing life to death. We thank you for dying and raising from the dead that we may live and have opportunity for eternal life. Lord, we stand on you, our firm foundation, our hearts centered on you. We thank you for all you do. We release everything to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.